you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, I'm thankful for him. Oh, he's pulled us out of some hard places. One writer in the scripture said he brought me out of a horrible, horrible pit. Brought me out of the miry clay. But he didn't just pull me out of that mess and leave me to myself. He said he set my feet up on a solid rock. And then he established my going. So he, he gave me direction. He ordered my steps. He said, I ain't going to leave you out here by yourself. He said, if I bring you out and I'll save you, I'm going to establish you. I'm going to make sure you're on something solid from now on. Aren't you glad to be on that solid rock today? Woo! Uh, old song said, all of the ground is sinking sand. I'm glad to be on the solid rock of Jesus today. Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout. Praise God. I'm thankful for him. Thankful for him. My, my. We could just do this all day long, couldn't we? <laughs> we could just do this all day. Just worship the Lord and praise him. And I'm thankful that we can praise him in this house. I'm thankful that we can worship God together in this place. And so, uh, and, but man, I'm thankful that it's more than just empty action. But it does change the atmosphere that it, uh, you know, you, you study about worship, man, you'll see how many things just begin to change in people's lives because they worshiped. Old Testament to New Testament, it, it happened. I'm reminded of the man that had the legion of devils. and When Jesus stepped onto his shore, it said, with this legion of devils in him, he ran and fell down and he worshiped. But that's not the end of that man's story. It wasn't just empty. It wasn't just something, some empty words he said. Hey, John. John. Appreciate you, John. What that man said, it wasn't just empty words to the Lord. It, it meant something. And the end of that man's story is they found him clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. No more legion. No more devils. There's power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. Anybody ever experienced that power? He bring you out of something? Keep you from something? Save you from something? Oh, I'm thankful for the power of Jesus today. Praise God. I'm going to preach. Try to preach. won't be very long today. Uh, just do my best. Hope you'll pray with me and get with me. If you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Read here today. Again, thank you for all that are here, all of our visitors that are here today. We just ask the Lord bless you real good and take care of you. God bless you. And just be be used of the Lord, man. Go out and do something great for God. Amen. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, Paul, writing to the church, begins to give his own testimony. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, 
the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. The first opening verse said to Paul was given a thorn in his flesh. And I want to talk about this today for a little bit. The beneficial thorn. The beneficial thorn. Let's pray for the for the message today. Precious Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, God, for speaking to us in your house and being here and healing and delivering, Lord, touching people in this place today. God, I just ask you to be with us now. Help me for a little while to preach to your people. Let us be blessed by your word that we can all be better. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. One more hand clap and shout to the Lord this morning. What a great God. You may be seated. God bless you very much today. The beneficial thorn. I've preached out of this uh, passage, I guess, as many ministers have many times. And um, I was reading over this again this morning and uh, thought I was going to go in one direction. But then I began to look at this thorn. And it's something that Paul is not enjoying because he is now asked three different times for this to be removed. It's not something that he is that is pleasurable to him. He would like for this to go on. He he feels it is a maybe a hindrance, but uh, or I feel like that's the thought he conveys that it was to him in the beginning a hindrance until he understood. Because he writes this letter after his conversation with the Lord, which would have gave him understanding of his situation. And he realized now that the thorn, however painful it might have been, whatever hindrance it might have caused, uh, was actually beneficial to him. It was something that he needed. It saved Paul. It said, he was, this thorn was given to me because uh, I was in danger of being exalted above measure within myself. The Bible says that pride goeth for destruction. And uh, we see here that, that a thorn was given to Paul that he might not be destroyed. Sometimes we're in such a hurry to remove ourselves out of painful situations. Sometimes we're so quick to say, uh, Lord, you've got to get this out of me. And not realizing that what's happening here is actually for my benefit. He said this thorn, and the word thorn there means uh, a bodily annoyance or a disability or a handicap. Paul, like all of us, thinks this is only going to hinder me. This is only going to be trouble, a nuisance. It's going to keep me from uh, being able to do everything else that I want to do or that everybody else does. It's going to be a handicap, and so I'm praying, God, that you would take it. But the Lord gives him an answer and said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. That what I've got for you, even with this thorn, is perfect in weakness. 
My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so now Paul, his answer is, well then gladly therefore. From now on, I'll glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The thorn, in other words, is not for my destruction, but it facilitates power and strength for me. It's not working against me, but it's working for me. Sometimes we just need to get the right mindset of what we're going through because we're so sure that this is for my destruction that we miss the part that God's trying to benefit us with. We don't understand that God has got this there for a reason. If I have to give you a thorn in the flesh to keep you from destroying yourself, it it would be easy in Paul's day to have the revelations and the knowledge that he had and begin to get lifted up within himself, maybe start his own following, maybe uh, break off uh, a new branch and say, this is what we're going to do now because God has made me somebody. But God said, I don't want Paul there. I need him where he can preach the gospel in humility. I need him where he can be humble and love people and reach for people and and understand that that it's all about me and it's not even about him. Friend, when sometimes we need to read real closely in the text and realize that this great man of God was given a thorn in the flesh. He didn't pick it up somewhere. It wasn't like he had some kind of uh, habit that was the thorn. This thorn was given to him For a purpose. And see, I don't know what you're going through today. But whatever it is, maybe you need to look at If you're God's child, why, God, is this happening in my life? If you've prayed for it over and over, but it's still there, then you need to start praying, show me what it's for. Because, see, Paul now knew what it was for. Maybe at the beginning he didn't understand. I just know it's the, the messenger of Satan. He's here to, to buffet me and to hinder me. And it's, it is a thorn in my flesh. And I, I just wish he would, would be gone. But the Lord said, it's there for a reason. Listen, we're running a race. There's two options. You can keep running or you can give up. Hello, that's it. There's two options. You can keep running or you can give up. I believe I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep running this race because I believe that, that even though we all run in a race, one receiveth the prize. And I believe that one is going to be the one body of believers. It's going to be the one church. It's going to be the one bride. I'm not going to quit when I've got the power to win. Listen, I, I begin to, to think about these thorns, these very beneficial thorns. And then I thought about running this race. Hebrews 12 and 1 tells me that I need to lay aside weights and sins that do so easily beset me so I can run this race with patience. Everybody say patience. He said run the race with patience that is set before us. And then Paul wrote in Romans 5 and 3 that there's a process going on in our life. He said that tribulation, we know that tribulation worketh patience. We glory in tribulations because we know what tribulations do. It sounds like he's uh, just reiterating to the Corinthians what he already knows that, hey, tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not a shame. And so we know today that if we run with patience, that means we're going to run with tribulation. Because we don't get patience without it. Beneficial thorns. 
Why is patience so important? Because James in, in James 1 and 4, let patience have her perfect work. The, thorn, the patience comes from the thorn. And the patience is going to have its perfect work. The thorn is there for a reason. What God is allowing you to go through is only to make you stronger. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. When there is something going on that you can't do anything about, but you continue to trust me, and you continue to serve me, and you continue to call on my name, friend, then you can say like Paul, when I am weak, then am I strong. Listen, you're stronger than you ever thought you could be through the power of Christ that rests upon you. Hey, the, he said, the power of Christ resting upon me. Many times we want to give up, but we've got a life to live. We've got a race to run. And sometimes that handicap, that thorn that's in our flesh, sometimes it's our past. It's our mistakes, it's our messes, it's, it's the, the things we know we did that, that hurt God or, or that went against his word and, and we feel like uh, I'll never be good enough for God anymore. But our past doesn't have to be a handicap. It's just an opportunity for a testimony. Hey, nobody wants to mess up and I'd much rather not mess up. But if I do, I'm not going to quit God. I haven't ever done anything so bad that it made me, well, God, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to serve you anymore. But it's only made me want to get closer to him. It's only made me want to get up close to him and say, God, forgive me and cover me and fix me and help me because I don't want to be without you. And while it's awful and it can be shameful and it can, it can be hard to deal with sometimes, it's simply another opportunity for the mercy of God to be glorified, for the grace of God to work in our life. It's only another opportunity for us to see that the cross and the blood and all he did and the price he paid still works today. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He said, don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Oh, well, then I don't want to be unrighteous. He said, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators or idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind. Not thieves, not covetous, nor drunkards, revilers, extortioners. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Oh, but the testimony. But you're washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Friend, we know that we've got a past. We all serve God with a past. There's not a vessel uh, that you use that don't have a past. Anybody ever reuse anything at their house? You ever repurpose anything? You ever put leftovers in old uh, sliced turkey containers? Yeah. It works, don't it? It keeps it. That's a, you, when you're buying that, you say, man, turkey's expensive, but you're getting two for one. You're getting a, a, a bowl. You ain't just getting turkey. You're getting a bowl. And you know what? When a lot of times you open the refrigerator and you see that clear plastic bowl and it's got macaroni and cheese or mashed potatoes in it. There ain't no turkey in it anymore. But you could, be, you could really fool yourself if you left the label on the top of it. But once what's inside is gone, 
you pull the label off so you can see what's really on the inside. I'm telling you, that's what he, Paul said. He said, oh, once I got through getting all that stuff out of you, we pulled the label off so people could really see what's on the inside. But you're washed. Hey, I ain't putting nothing in that thing till I wash it. Woo, come on. Hey, once it's washed, once it's clean, you can't tell there's been no turkey. Give it the best sniff test you want. You won't smell no turkey. You can lick the bottom of it. It ain't going to taste like turkey. All evidence of turkey is gone because I don't want my pineapple tasting like turkey. I want it to be something I can use for my benefit, for my purpose now. That's what God gets people from all places. And we think, why? Oh, there's no way God could use them to do that. Oh, just let him get through with them. Let him wash them. Let him sanctify them. Let him justify them. Let him fill them with the Holy Ghost. Let him wash them in his blood. Come on, I'm telling you, he'll get people from every corner, from every aisle, from the places you don't shop, from the places you don't visit, and he'll use them for his glory. But too many times, we let where God brought us from and what he delivered us from, we let it become a thorn that, and a handicap that stops us and we don't realize that if our past is a thorn, you know what a thorn will do? It'll get stuck in you. And sometimes you won't even realize it's there until you rub your hand across it. Ah, oh, there's something in my leg. You've been deer hunting and pick up some thorns, not realize you get home, you're taking a shower, and you got a thorn in it, didn't realize it. And that's where your past is. It, it don't bother you until somebody brings it up. But see, these thorns are beneficial because it's your testimony. Yeah, I got a thorn, but it's a testimony. And the Bible says I'm made an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I've washed my garment in the blood. It's white as snow. I, I sat down and reasoned with him, and, and God fixed some things in my life. And yes, that's who I was, and that's what I've done. And maybe that's what I just did, but that's not who I am anymore. Because it don't just work one time. It works over and over and over again. You know, the Bible says we'll cast our crowns down before him. Sometimes I feel like maybe it'll be a crown of thorns. Because it'll be a reminder of all the things that he fixed in our life. It'll be a reminder of all the things that kept me straight. That reminded me of his mercy and his love and his grace. That, that I could still live this life even with thorns. And that's what he told Paul. He said, Paul, I don't have to move this. My grace is sufficient. In, in, in weakness, my strength is made perfect. And so Paul said, my goodness, then, if that's the case, then I'll glory in my infirmities so that the power of Christ can rest upon me. I'll just go ahead and, and just give God the praise because what I realize now is that this thorn is simply another opportunity for people to see that God can work even when I have this handicap. Even when I have this thing bothering me, I can still preach. I can still be a missionary. I can still travel on these boats and go to different places, man. I can go all over. I can still do all the things that God called me to do, even with the thorn. And guess what? Your thorn is not, it does not disqualify you 
from serving God. It's simply a reminder that God is working in your situation. That he's just trying to let you know, hey, you can go ahead and serve me with the thorn, with that handicap, with that shortcoming, whatever it is you think it is. You can go ahead and, and keep preaching the gospel. Keep singing. Keep, keep doing what you do. Keep reaching for people. Oh, God, but you know, oh, ain't nothing more awkward than for God to punch you and say, go tell them about me. And you just got through really messing up. Oh, God, maybe give me about a week to, to pray and, and cleanse myself. The Bible says if we confess our faults, he's faithful to forgive us our faults. When you mess up, confess it. Repent of it. And you know what happens? God forgives you. And then there's no, hey, guess what? There's no quarantine on mess-ups. Well, you messed up, you got quarantined 14 days before you can talk to anybody else. And I'm telling you, you can be five minutes out of your mistake and tell somebody that God is good. Because God is about fixing people and putting them back in shape and, and, and not letting thorns be a hindrance, but, but helping us to realize that these thorns are actually beneficial Tribulation works patience and patience experience. You, you learn some things after you've had some thorns in your life. We must serve God now, right now, in this present world, in this flesh, our schools, our workplaces, our homes. We've got to do it now. We can't afford to let these handicaps stop us. You know, there's, there's, there's people. There's a, a lady by the name of Martha Runyon. I don't know if you ever heard of her. But she was born legally blind, but she, she won like seven, six gold medals, a silver medal in the Olympics, running. And she said her coach, one day she went to the starting blocks, and she was all the way down with her nose down to the track because she was trying to see the numbers on her starting block. And her coach asked one of the team members, said, what is she doing? And it's like, she's trying to see the numbers on the starting blocks so she can get ready for the race. Her coach would forget that she was blind because he didn't see her for her handicap. He saw her for a runner. He saw her for one in a race. And that's the way God, God doesn't look at you and, and, and see you for your handicap, but he sees you as a runner. He said, I, I, I'll put you in the race. We're all in this race, and I've got you in the race, and I, I intend on you running. But God, I, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about uh, I washed you. I was thinking about, uh, I filled you. I'm thinking about, I healed you. I'm thinking about, I delivered you. I'm thinking about, I brought you out of darkness into my marvels. I'm thinking about all the good stuff that I've done for you. I don't see you as what you were. That's why Paul said, such were some of you. But God doesn't see you like that anymore because you've been washed, sanctified, and justified. That means it's like you never did it in his eyes. Listen. We don't live under a force field church, but also we're not without power or provision. Things will touch our lives. We will make mistakes. Listen, we're saved and get you know, we get saved, we get born again, and all of a sudden it's like all all kind of trouble starts happening. Wow. That's why he said one writer said, Call to remembrance the former days after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Things started happening when you started trying to live right. 
The world didn't like it. But sometimes, maybe you've served God faithfully for years, and it seems like there's trouble on every hand. And we go, well, man, if I'm really in God's will, then why all the trouble? But oftentimes it's because we're in God's will that there's trouble. It was because Paul was in the will of God that he had this thorn. He was, he was learning about God. He was having revelations. He was doing God's work. But he needed something there to keep him on track. The thorn was beneficial to Paul. and He didn't realize it at first, but he began to learn after God gave him an answer. And he stopped praying, take this thorn away. But instead, I'll glory in this because it's just adding to my testimony. It's not that he's arrogant about it or boastful in his sin or trouble or trial. It's just that he's boasting in God. Look what God can do with a handicapped person. That's what the thorn means. It's a hindrance. It's a, it's a handicap. The presence of trouble does not equal the absence of God. Hello. The Bible tells me he's a very present help in time of trouble. There will be trials of our faith, fiery darts and roaring lions, thorns in our flesh. And with all of that, we can still and should be victorious. With everything that goes on in our life, we should always be shouting, I have the victory. I have the victory. We've got to learn to live victoriously for God. The thorns are beneficial and we will be victorious. Peter said this, 1 Peter 4 and 14, won't be much longer. He said, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Now, something about reproach, if you had to say, which one of these does it, does it go? Glory, spirit of God. Reproach, you say reproach, get it out. But that's what comes. Whenever you start getting reproached for his name, God just starts sending glory. The spirit of glory and the spirit of God, it begins to rest upon you. Now on their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Something's going on in your life. Something's changing in your life. So if when, if the spirit of glory and the spirit of God rest on me, then this principle must also be there. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, For the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You are not lost. You have not lost. You don't lose anything, and you are not bound when you get in your trial because the Spirit of God rests upon you, and where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. I think that's a, the great example is the three Hebrew boys that fell down in the furnace bound, but when the Lord, the fourth man, showed up, they got up loose and walked around. And the fire didn't hurt them. They didn't lose, they didn't get singed. They didn't lose any of their clothing. They didn't lose anything they had while they were walking in the fire because the Lord walked with them. When I am weak, then I am strong. Friends, we have figured out how to obey the gospel. We've repented, been baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost, but now we must live. It won't always be a smooth road. It, it, it may be a, a rocky road, but that doesn't mean it's the wrong road. Just because the road has a, a pothole in it doesn't mean you're on the wrong road. 
He never said it would be smooth all the way. He just said he'd be with us all the way. Just because there's a valley doesn't mean it's the wrong way. Even in the desert, God can do a miracle. So stop quitting. Stop surrendering because of the thorns. Somebody's got to be faithful. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. But as Sister Mangan said, he will not say, well done, if I have not done well. I, I've got to be faithful. I've got to stay with something no matter what. We can find favor in prison or the palace. Joseph lived a life that was pleasing to God in both places. His devotion in prison promoted him to the palace. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego all stood for God in a strange land. And despite the furnace and despite the den of lions, they were promoted. You can live for God despite the thorns. We've got to believe that God has got us. Paul wrote to, or in Titus he wrote, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men and it teaches us. Denying ungodly, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. It teaches us how to live. That grace of God teaches you how to live when things get ugly. In this present world where things are going haywire, the grace of God will teach you how to live. It'll teach, it won't just teach you how to avoid potholes and falling down, but the grace of God will teach you how to get up. The grace of God will teach you how to keep going. The grace of God will teach you how to pray again. It'll teach you how to lift your hands and worship one more time. Come on, somebody. The grace of God will get you up to preach one more message. It'll get you up to sing one more time. Come on, it'll get you out of the bed and get you to church one more Sunday because God's got something for you. I'm thankful for the grace of God today. Paul told the church in Corinth, he said, if you want to know something, he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Without his grace, I would not be here. Without his grace, I couldn't make it. But anything you see and you think I am, well, oh, Paul, you, you're a great preacher. Glory to God. Paul, you got so much knowledge. Glory to God. Paul, you're an icon. You're a hero. You're, you're, you know, whatever they thought of him, whatever. He, well, it's only by the grace of God that I am what I am because I was a murderer, I was a persecutor. I, I, I did things against the name of Jesus. I, I was not a good guy. But by the grace of God. You know, a lot of people knew that about Paul. I'm sure that was a painful subject in some places. Maybe he came to preach somewhere and, and somebody leaned over and whispered and said, Hey, Paul, that, that guy sitting on the front row, you was there when they killed his son. Imagine how hard it was for that guy to sit and listen to Paul. Imagine how hard it was for Paul to get up and think, now i got to preach like I'm somebody. And that thorn, he felt it. But you know what? He said, but even despite that thorn, I'm still going to preach. And I'm going to do what I can do. No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the lives I wrecked. I'm sorry for the lives I hurt. But that doesn't change the call of God on my life. And so even with this thorn, I'm going to do what God called me to do. In Romans 5 and 20, Paul said, The law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Wherever sin abounded, 
when it seemed like sin was just out of control. It was so great. It was so big. It never gets bigger than God's grace. There will always, no matter the mess, be a way out. Because God knows you have to live here. And so he gave us life and life more abundantly. He said, the thief's going to come kill, steal, and destroy. He's going to do his worst. And then I'm going to come up right behind him and give you life and life more abundantly. Acts 1 and 8 says, we have received power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Friend, we've got to use that power. The Bible says that we would be witnesses. To be a witness is not just to preach his word. But to be a witness would be to tell people of what I've seen him do. What have you seen him do? That's why your testimony is so powerful. it's, It's hard to get those words out when God brought you out of some terrible things. It's hard to admit that I did those things or said those things, but it's your testimony. And, and, and you're a witness that God can take someone like me and use me. God can take someone who's made those mistakes and still use me. Jesus said in Luke 10 and 19, and I'm getting ready to close. He said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now you say, wow, that means we won't feel any pain. That's not what that word hurt means there. He said it means nothing will by any means hurt you. It it means it won't prosper. It won't harm you to the point where you're ineffective anymore. He said we have power to tread on these things, not that we would not get bitten or stung. Paul still got bit by a serpent, but he just shook it off in the fire. You think he didn't feel the teeth? I think he did. I think he felt it hurt. You can still feel things when the Lord's on your side. But he didn't swell up and die. And that's what blew everybody away. That serpent bit him, and he didn't die. Because God's on his side. He just shook it off in the fire and kept on doing. We need to learn sometimes when that serpent latches on. He said, I gave you power to tread on them. Sometimes it's going to bite you. You know what's so amazing to some people? That when you get bit, you don't die. When you get bit, you don't quit. You just shake it off and keep on going. And everybody around thinks they're going to give up after this. That's a, that's a terrible bite. They're going to really quit. They're going to stop after this. And they see you walking up to the platform. Or they see you going into the Sunday school room. Or they see you headed to the prayer room. Or they see you lifting your hands. Or they see you dancing before the Lord. And they're like, I thought they'd be dead by now. That was pretty tough. Yeah, but the Lord gave me power over those things. Yeah, it it, it wasn't pleasant, but it it ain't going to make me stop. Listen, we make mistakes, but, but, but who do we yield to? The Bible says, whoever we yield to, and it doesn't matter what situation it is, that's whose servant we become. If I fall, the Bible says there's a hand trying to hold me up. When, when being good and falling a part of your life, you learn to look for his hand. Because the Bible says, though a good man fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. You know, for folks that are born again and serve God, falling, yeah, 
falling and being good, that's our life. We're going to be the best we can be and be good. And sometimes we're going to fall flat on our face. But then it's who do you yield to? Do you yield to the voice that's saying, just stay down. God don't love you no more. Or do you yield to that precious hand with that nail scar in it? That's reaching down to say, come on, son, one more try. Come on, daughter, one more try. Let's go again. I'm not done with you. The Bible says, when I fall, I shall arise. I'm not staying down. I'm not, it, it might be a, a thorn, but it's beneficial. It'll remind me, I won't do that again. It'll remind me, hey, this is painful. This, that's dangerous. I, I'm going to be careful where I walk, what I do, who I hang around, what I listen to, what I watch. I'm gonna, it's going to remind me of some things. The Bible says, I write to you that you sin not, but if we do, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. It's not a license to sin. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. We don't turn it into a crutch so we can do wrong things, but we don't give up. We don't quit. We pick ourselves up and we serve God. So despite the thorn in your flesh, you preach, you witness, you sing, you testify, you keep coming to church. You don't lose your love for God just because of a mistake. Just because you made a mistake, you don't stop loving God. Don't give the thorn power that it didn't come with. Quit, quit putting power into the thorn that it doesn't have. Don't give the, the thorn power to make you quit. That's what, not what it was designed to do. It was designed to remind you that by the grace of God, you are who you are. Stand with me today. We love to say that, in quote what Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. But before he wrote that, he talked about some things he had learned. He said, I've learned whatsoever state I'm in, to therewith be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I've learned a lot of things, and I sum it up like this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The opening passage, I don't know if you ever read the Message Bible, but it has some pretty interesting takes on some of the Scriptures. Some of it is way out there, but some of it really gives a good common sense meaning to what was written in the message, our opening text says this, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift, and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap. And I began appreciating the gift. 
It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. We need to stop focusing on the handicap and focus on who we are. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Paul said, I had a thorn in my flesh and God wouldn't remove it. But when his life was over, he said, I fought a good fight with a thorn. I finished my course with a thorn. I kept the faith with a thorn. So what can you do with a thorn? You can live. You can be victorious. You can have joy and peace and love and contentment. You can have ministry. You can be an example. You can do all those things even with the thorn. That beneficial thorn. While she's playing this morning, I'm going to open the altars and ask you to come and pray. Seek the Lord. But don't come asking to remove that thorn. Just show me the reason for it, God. Help me to get my eyes off the thorn and to get my focus back on who you made me. Hallelujah. Come on, he's been faithful.
sing that one more time. Won't you take the hand of your friend or somebody beside you and just, just tell them, I believe in you. You're not done. It's not over. You're not finished. God's not through with you yet. Come on, encourage somebody. Speak a word of faith to them. Tell them, I believe in you. Hey, we've got to. If God still believes in them with thorns, then so do we. We still believe in them too. While she's singing one more time, pray for your neighbor. Pray for somebody. Just stretch your hands toward them. Lift your hands with them, whatever it is. But right now, let's pray for one another. God, take care of us. Oh, God's been faithful. Aren't you thankful for his grace and mercy today? Aren't you thankful that he's faithful? Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise in this house today. Mighty God. Friend, I can promise you this. The greatest servant, preacher, whatever it is you want to call them that you might know, that you think, man, they're, they're the spiritual giant in my life. They are who they are by the grace of God. If you sit down with them and talk to them long enough, eventually they'll reveal that thorn. 
because we all serve God with that thorn. Reminder of what he's done and that he uses us despite our handicaps. Amen. Well, what a great presence of the Lord today. Amen. Thankful for it. Praise God. Hey, let's don't forget prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name. You can be dismissed.